Hello and welcome to this episode 45 of the Northern Invasion podcast. Uh, today we have a very special uh, mini episode with myself, Stu West, and I am joined by Mr. Dark Fantastic Mills himself, Gary Marshall. Hello. Hello there. Thank you very much for joining us. No, no, thank you for having me. Oh, no. Okay, so um, I suppose we'll we'll have a quick look at the stuff you make, I don't know, for price support and, I don't know, to make our battlefields a better place shortly. Uh, but first, why don't we talk a little bit about your hobby? So I think, if I remember right now, I have seen you before, but obviously, but um, mm. one of the first times I remember us um, talking properly was, was it? Was it called Warlords or something? The thing that the um, it was Games Workshop's first official attempt at doing some kind of Age of Sigma matched play. Oh yes, that's right. We, yeah, we were down at Warhammer World, and and I think that we uh, we ended up. It was back when you used to get lunches and evening meals, and and we ended up uh, sat chatting at that. So so that's you were right, obviously yes. you were obviously there in the uh, the very early days. Um, yeah. Uh, but how did you get into the hobby then? Tell us a little bit about you finding your way to to, to the. the, the top. Uh, I'm one of those greybeards, really. It goes all the way back, isn't it? That's the thing. So, um, you know, I I I can lit- I can actually remember having really one of the very first photocopied kind of Xeroxed price lists from Games Workshop when they first started. <laughs> when I was into Dungeons and Dragons, when I was about. 10 or 11 yeah. i guess and so when warhammer came out uh yeah i played first edition second edition uh it was a absolutely dreadful game <laughs> it's insane <laughs> i can remember spending friends of ours we'd, we'd spend an entire weekend no no board we'd, we'd set up everything on on the floor like as friends like at, you know um had a sort of room above a garage um and it would take like all of saturday for the troops to even get into combat with each other because they were so far apart. You know, it was, it was just bonkers, really. So we did that. Um, and then I went to art school and stopped doing that and kept role-playing and gaming and stuff like that. But I actually got back into Warhammer itself just at the end of 7th, beginning of 8th edition. Well, okay, yeah. That's about <clears throat> yeah. the time I got back into it, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that came about as probably similar sort of things. My kids... Um, you know, found the <laughs> stash of soldiers in the, you know, attic or whatever. And they were my eldest at the time would have been 10. So he was quite a good age for it. And just got it, got it out and went, oh, yeah, yeah, Warhammer. And I still played games regularly with the friends that we played Warhammer when we were 17. We carried on playing games, role-playing games, board games. So I just, and you've, you've met, uh, you know, Dan and Mark. Um, yeah. Uh, so I said to them, you still get your armies? And went, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, look, and, Dan, and Mark lives in Nottingham. Yeah. So we thought, wow, let's go to Warhammer World. That sounds exciting. Because <laughs> yeah, they were both there at that event, actually, that I was just talking they, about they them. Absolutely were. I think that's and, the first time I met them. Absolutely, yeah. And they completely blame me for everything. It's, I've cost <laughs> them an absolute fortune because they probably <laughs> sailed on quite happily without, you know, looking at it again. But yeah, they sort of got dragged back in. So that's really been it. And um, so we played, played when I did, did some tournaments, 7th and 8th edition. And yeah, and then when Age of Sigmar dropped, I thought, wow, oh, this is a game I've always wanted with just like three pages of rules. And, yeah. you know, 
<laughs> infinite how, possibilities for fun. So that was yeah, that was yeah, it. It, it was good. I mean, I know a lot. It was a big change for folks moving from from eighth to that, but there was some quirkiness amongst it. And I think that for those of us that embraced it and went with it, um, we've seen it evolve and it and it's been good. Yeah. And other people who didn't um, have actually seen how it's evolved and and been swayed over a little bit later, I suppose. Now, yeah. now I I know you most for your Nurgle army, I think, which looks. Well, it's it's amazing, but I do remember you also with a dread Sorian at Sorian at some point. Oh yes, yeah, so, yeah. What, what armies have you built and played with then since Sigmar's been around? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's primarily Nurgle, because uh, Chaos was always the army that I liked, um, you know, right right from the beginning, from the, from the moment they came out. Um, but yeah, no, I swapped over to uh, the Seraphon when. They got their kind of rules update and they yeah. got the ability. No, in fact, I wasn't. Tr- I took them for a tournament for a laugh because I'd bought the dreads. I thought I bought the dread Saurian from you. I seem to remember, isn't yes. that? Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> brought the dread Saurian oh, for yes. you for, for my youngest for his Christmas, and we painted it up and we played some games. And I thought this is hilarious. I'm going to take it to a tournament, and it was dreadful. It was absolutely smashed to pieces. It was like really bad. Um, and then the new General's Handbook came out with the updated rules with the ability to teleport. Yes. And we were off. <laughs> that was it. And I had a great run with that army, didn't I? I mean, that was, that was yeah. a few years ago. I actually ended up eighth in Scotland at the end yeah. of that year. This was you before really we did good, the yeah. Masters. But, <laughs> so it just shows you that the power of the Seraphon. Um, are you tempted with a new book to uh oh yeah very much so. and especially yeah. with the new dread saurian rules which oh, is ridiculous <laughs> absolutely ridiculous i mean i'm sorry i it's, it's i wish i was going to follow the old world to, you know to, uh, tomorrow because if i well if i could take it but the book's only out, only out tomorrow it is. yeah no i am i am i think i think they were really strong after they've, they've stayed good i think with the, the rules their 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 movement shenanigans and this their summoning has been quite quite good all the way through but um the new book looks brilliant actually yeah yeah it's one of those things i like out of a lot of these modern books where you can really theme your army and you can play it how you want to play it so you can choose a certain i don't know constellations i think they're called now aren't they or or you can choose a certain temple or whatever it is that they are and and it really changes the theme and and the play style of the army and and i think that this is a, a really good one where you can go with the uh, I don't know the ferocity and the combat prowess of the Sora, the the, yeah. the Sora. So you can go with the the sneaky tricksy and um, sort of the mobile and, and magic of the of the skinks or uh, and bring in the slam. So I, I think they're a really nice nice flavour. No, no, definitely, definitely, and um, yeah, no, I think it's good. I think they've got everything, and uh, they've got the biggest giantest monster in the jungle. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, realistically, maybe after uh, the new elves and potentially some giants, you're likely to get a new Nurgle book as well, because oh, that'll be the next oldest. <laughs> maybe. Oh. I mean, they, they were better, as you, as you know. I've been I've been doggedly playing them. I don't know why. I keep I keep getting them. You know, just taking to tournaments and doing incredibly badly. I've been like genuinely awful, including managing to win a wooden spin uh, <laughs> at, <laughs> at Howling last year. Um, but uh, I do I do like them, but they're just yeah they definitely need a new book definitely need something. Yeah, I think I think they've been the the sort of the the 
unpopular uh, ugly sister to the the other chaos factions and i think with the, the current situation with um disease running rampant across the globe <laughs> i think maybe gw will they'll just hold off that little yeah, bit longer sorry, before no. making it, the would, it wouldn't look good with it no, no, no. Never, mind. never mind i mean there are, there are good things in there but i'd say one of the things i don't i don't um chase the meta as people no. say or do any of that stuff i kind of paint what i like but uh, the scenery doing dark fantastic mills is, has taken up all of my hobby time yeah for two years so yeah uh, i used to get back to actually painting some armies and, and doing a bit more of that and before we go on to that i suppose is there any specific anything specific about the law that draws you to aos because it's I mean, obviously, you've just said there about how much you like it and certain themes and certain armies you stick with, and that's encouraged you to develop a, a product line and whatnot. But is there anything in, in particular that makes it stand out above other game systems, do you think? Oh, you mean in, in terms of the lore or the, the Yeah, system? the, the lore, lore itself. I think it was... I, I think it is the fact that it's created space within the world to have anything at all that people want to do. And you see that in the armies that people are developing and then, you know, scratch building and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, because of the way the realms, even each realm itself is infinite in its possibilities with this kind of central part where reality more or less exists. But as you move towards the edges, the closer you get to the ether void that surrounds everything, the more magic distorts things and the crazier it all becomes. Uh, and then you have these realm gates to let you move back and forward between all these things and it's just even when they sketched it in initially and with those first campaign books that came out which everybody was screamed about because there's no maps (laughs) 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 this can't be real there's no maps um (laughs) etc etc but uh there was so much imagination in the writing of the locations and and also the Black Library books. I think it was very telling the way that Black, the Black Library authors themselves seemed to get a lot more out of Age of Sigmar than they did out of the previous, out of the old world. Like yeah, lots of piled in and wrote yeah. amazing stuff. And you thought, there's oh, there's a lot okay. less constraints, wasn't there? Like you say, they could just let their imagination run wild with just a few parameters to work within, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. I think it was reading one of the first things and like them talking about, you know, I can't remember, I think it was a bit where they kind of they raised the skeleton of a titan dinosaur that was so huge. It was like spanned a sea and then they fought across its spine and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Like, yeah, like that's. Yeah. That's just mental, and uh, and after years and years and years of fighting and the beautiful and you know a, you know fantastic old world, but at the end of the day, you know mountains and houses and you know people in German clothes and you know, dwarves, you know all that stuff. You're gonna all oh, right, and I, and I think the the end times, which I absolutely adored the books and everything. I think that was such a great send off for mm-hmm. it. Um, it was it was very exciting when the new world came in and and i, I like i mean for, for myself i like the fact that they keep bringing back things from the old world you know it's quite exciting oh yeah that survived and and the lore the new lore for the seraphons you know brilliant i was perfectly okay with the whole the slanner remembering them thing that was that was fine um mm-hmm. didn't, didn't spoil them for me or anything but having it fleshed out and now this you know the fact that they did, you know, escape in their spaceships from the old <laughs> world before it was destroyed and then went into kind of dormancy and were brought back to life by Dracothian. And then oh, it's just all brilliant, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, I think it's it's so good. And I think it's one of the reasons why GW are obviously doing so well in lots of different areas. But 
um, you know, with my media hat on as an animator and being involved in that sort of world, um, the universe, their cinematic universe they've created, kind of quietly in the background in Nottingham over all these years, <laughs> has sort of burst into life very much, I think, with the Age of Sigmar stuff. So, Yeah, I think so. And I think that the, I don't know, just how rich it is and how positive and, well, just how high quality it is, it, it encourages us as hobbyists um and gamers to to just put that bit of extra extra time and effort in and to really appreciate and and yeah. uh, and love what we're doing. So yeah. and and the game looks amazing on the table now. I mean, I think you know again, sort of tracking back over the years I've been back playing it. I mean, I think when we when we came back came when I got back into it, um, it was already much better than I remember, like in terms of painted armies on tables and things. But but you could go to tournaments regularly and see maybe only a third of the armies were quite were painted mm-hmm. to to any kind of a standard and there'd be quite a lot of gray plastic you know, and all that kind of stuff and just you just never see that now it's just mm. all these really well painted armies and everybody's like taking a lot of care and attention in the stuff they're doing yeah no it's good and i think that uh the way that it looks and and, and i did used to love the old game and fantasy battle and I, and I liked the rank and file and i liked so much into maneuvering and and I did like the mathematics of it. And one thing I really miss is scatter dice and templates. I did love that. <laughs> um, but you've got to admit that when you see in models flowing around the scenery and going yeah. over the scenery yeah. now, as a as a I don't know, it's it's there's something organic about it that that just makes yeah. it feel so much more real and cinematic. Totally, totally. And the, so this is yeah. So this is like totally where the scenery thing. So the, the the my anecdote about the scenery from that point of view was that getting back into Warhammer back. 78th edition got back into it thought this is fantastic we absolutely love this the boys loved it because I've, th- I've got three boys and so they were 10 sort of 10 9 and 7 or no no 10 8 and 5 or something like that anyway i'm a dad so i can only vaguely remember <laughs> the ages but they're off that age and i remember that that first sort of christmas maybe the one after we i built a castle a scratch built this castle with because they had like one of the, a kit that you could mold little plaster bricks for making a castle oh yeah like the Hearst you've seen the castle kits. yeah I remember yeah, yeah. So i had that thing so i made this castle and put loads of time in there and thought oh this is fantastic and next time the guys were up to play warhammer i said i got the castle i put it on the table and of course in warhammer 8th edition it didn't do anything it no. was it was just a big block in the middle of the table so we used to use it but we'd stick it to one side just as a visual part of the table it looks pretty um and so of course then dial forward this castle kicked around for a while and then straight forward to like age of sigmar came out and we immediately myself the boys thought we can get the castle out and we played a game and it was part of the game you know it was like it became the the focus of the game and i remember taking it to one of the first tournaments and um Mike with these dwarves garrisoned it, you know, put all these dwarves on it, and, and I think it might have been, I can't remember who it was actually, whether Scott maybe played them, and, and they had this amazing game of Age of Sigmar where they had to fight over this castle, and you couldn't do that in 8th edition. It just wasn't part no. of the game at all. And so from that point onwards, I was like, oh yeah, scenery <laughs> it's actually does something in well, the game. Oh exactly and now it enhances the game it's not just there for uh yeah it's not just there for show and you know we have the 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 mysterious terrain rules so we roll to give it a bit of flavor or you can use war scrolls if it exists but but again it's it's an integral part and no battlefield's really the same it's not just a little bit of 2d terrain or it's not just something there like a a really bad hill or a couple of a couple of really bad old trees like we used to have a few years ago which again it was a very 
abstract game that we were playing so it was only really there um for a bit of embellishment not not actually integral so 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 i suppose that that brings us on then to to dark fantastic mills itself Mm. and you know you um design print and sometimes even paint uh bespoke trophies medals weapons scenery and and it isn't just for aos because there are other systems i mean you do stuff that's used for legion as well don't you which is like the firebase stuff yeah um but before we talk about what you do can you maybe talk us just a little bit you touched there on your animation background but maybe just talk us through that and bearing in mind i'm a total technophobe and i'm stupid when it comes down to to any kind of technology how, how do you how did you come to this and what sort of process do you follow to make something yeah it's an interesting question um so i do add my background's in, anim, in illustration and animation and 3d animation in particular um so obviously we make models, character model sets, locations in th- using 3D software, Maya and Modo, those sort of things. Uh, <clears throat> then light and animate stuff, do all that kind of thing. Um, and what we, what happened was three years ago, I guess it would have been, uh, I bought my first 3D printer to print out some character models for a project we were working on because we were working on this thing and I just I kind of noticed it. I think the 3D printers have suddenly dropped in price. This, uh, the, the, the cheaper Chinese ones became available because um, the patents had run out on some of the core technologies. So the, the factories in China that had been making 3D printers for American and Western and European companies were able to make their own printers uh, and sell them obviously quite a lot cheaper. So we got one of those and uh, printed off the characters. And it, it was actually much better quality than I was expecting, than any of us were expecting to get from it. Um, so we immediately, one of the animators I worked with, had at the time, uh, was also into Warhammer. So we just both were like, yeah, let, let's make some scenery. <laughs> this could be, this is this is great. So so yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very similar process. It's just the same process of designing. It's like set designing for a, a TV show or you know for, for a game, uh, um, follow the same all, all the same steps in terms of you know kind of the kind of concept designs and building the initial models we just don't do any of the rest of it where we would texture it and do all the other stuff of putting it into an animation pipeline we just simply print the model and that's it you're, you're, so, you're so there's no sort of like hand sculpting and scanning something initially it's all done as a 3d sort of render on a computer then it's all done as a 3d render on the computer i mean sometimes i'll make a physical model or a simple version of a physical model to get the the, the shape right uh, mm-hmm. and then and then photograph it um, i'm actually waiting for a 3d scanner to come hopefully later on this year but again it's coming from china so who knows <laughs> what's going yeah. on with that right now uh in fact all the printers and technology we use basically gets made in wuhan so there's, Does it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I had quite a lot of trouble getting printers last month when we had a big sort of glut of orders when we did the, the Fallen Empire stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. We managed to get them in the end, but it took weeks longer than, than it should have done, really. Um, but yeah, no, we we uh, it's mostly just done straight into the computer because that's that's what I'm used to. The nice thing about 3D printers is because you can print things any size. What I'll do, yeah. though, is if designing a new thing, part of the process is printing out just small ones quickly just so yeah. you can sort of see it. And this is kind of why we got the 3D printer originally for the animation is it's really amazing to be able to take something that's on the computer and, and then have a physical version of it to look at 
it's obviously a lot easier to kind of judge whether the proportions are correct and you know, just whether you like it or not. You can let, you know, sit it on your desk for a few weeks and just sort of live with it until you go, yeah, yeah, that looks like about the right thing. Let's do that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a good process from that point of view. And you can get plastic or resin printers as well, can't you? <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. No, the 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 two the two main types that are available to you know at, uh, at a consumer level are the the uh, resin ones, which use a photography process um, to expose the resin to light and layers, and then the plastic ones, which use the the filaments on a roll and just they're basically as it's like a robot with a glue gun. It just basically yeah. goes round and round, layering, dropping this layer. So yeah, those are the two types. No, it's it, it's it's amazing. I've te- that was just like the things of dreams when we were. When yeah, we, no, very I, much so. Yeah, my yeah, kids no. mocked me because uh, when I started secondary school, there was no no compulsory IT or, or computers, and there was a room where everybody went in to use typewriters. So, and I tried <laughs> yeah. to explain this to the kids now, and they just mock me. So, yeah, I mean, I am the the dinosaur <laughs> who's just bought a phone, aren't I? So. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked and startled and amazed uh, on, a, on a monthly basis by what technology can do. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, the really expensive printers that they're starting to come out with now genuinely are, are amazing, but I don't know whether those technologies will ever uh, scale down in terms of cost. It'll be interesting to see if they do, but uh, yeah, there's a whole, yeah, whole bunch of new stuff. But in the meantime, the, the 3D technology we're using right now is, is really good for you know for these purposes really so it's 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 been a real godsend yeah well i suppose then if for those people um that aren't that familiar with uh with with your products and whatnot i suppose we should start with the scenery um i mean we hosted our first narrative event in february and we just exclusively used uh that fantastic mill scenery and and it was amazing i mean that was a sight to behold i mean we had a, an 18 foot uh, run of tables which went which went from lava fields through an epic sort of dwarven hold into a goblin underworld and then we had side tables as well that were uh that were set in different different realms and whatnot and you know in over the last couple of years the variety of themes that dark fantastic mills has as for sale as in terms of products has grown quite a lot we've got the beast ones and the death stuff up in orkney we've got a few sets of that between uh, our regular mm. gaming group but i mean i suppose for those people who aren't familiar with it whose local uh, venues don't use it or who haven't been on your website what sort of what sort of themes do you have do you want to talk talk people through the sort of products you make yes he says, uh, I, think, I think I'll look it up so I don't forget anything because you're yeah. right, there's there quite a lot. It's of, grown uh, and grown, yeah, yeah. And it's there's so many, um, there's so many ideas as well <laughs> <laughs> that I still haven't got to, um, which would be which would be great, uh, to get to eventually or, or soon. But that is that's essentially how, how I've grown it. So we've got, um, uh, count them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, eight kind of main themed areas, and loosely, I mean, very loosely inspired, as we were saying, by the world of Age of Sigmar. But, um, but also one of the things that we try, I've tried to do when I'm designing it, is thinking about it being as widely usable as possible. Mm-hmm. So, partly because there's so many other things on the market, but also partly to avoid that kind of very narrowness. So we don't have 
you know, medieval townhouses and those kind of things. Because mm-hmm. there's lots of places you can go to to get those. We just wanted yeah. to do stuff that was a bit a bit different to that. Um, so so we have our, our death realm, uh, Necrosia, which is like statues and pillars and death temple parts that you can arrange in lots of different ways to kind of create you know, just a small set of ruins in a desert or a full temple complex if you wanted to um, yeah it's really modular and like the steps and things stack don't they so you can really you can really make something bespoke and you, your battlefield doesn't have to be the same anytime you use it really no definitely not and i think that's one of the things i want to do and also that's that was one of the, the first ones i started with i think the statue the little statue from that was maybe one of the first models we did um uh, but that, like everything else, we try and make sure everything's really playable, like the steps, you can put figures on them and the levels are all sort of designed to be line of sight blocking or, you know, just, just mm-hmm. to kind of facilitate, you know, letting the game flow through things. So we have that and then we have the Doom Cap Deeps, which is all our mushrooms, yeah. giant mushrooms and kind of which can be goblin themed, but it also works for science fiction. I, I we did a, a setup of playing a game and took some photographs of it of Star Wars Legion, where we had the Doomcap mushrooms mixed in with the Firebase scenery, and lots of Star Wars fans got in touch. And went, oh my god, that's like just yeah. like there's a world. Oh, what's the name again? Felucia or something? I can't remember exactly what it is, but um, one of the worlds in Star Wars is that, and it did actually look very much like the concept oh. art. But I went away and looked at it and went, oh god. Yeah. So, so there, and that's what I mean. You can mix almost all the ranges could be used in a science fiction game. Like you know, so Necrosia would make a good death temple for 40k as well. You know, yeah. so this, this, it doesn't need to be a fantasy setting no. uh, necessarily. And like uh, you said, D and D as well. I mean, if you've got a campaign and things, and one of the best things I used to like about D and D was at a certain point in the campaign, the 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 dungeon master or the, the the GM or DM or whatever you want to call them, I'd say right, and that's when you got your little figures out and you put it on your little hex map and yeah. the battle. <clears throat> The battle would take place, which I used to love that that section, and it was normally at the uh, the climax. And and your stuff really lends itself to that as well because it's on a, an individual scale as well. You can you can really use it um, uh, for for a small skirmish, or you can use it for a mass battle. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's. Uh, I think um, I probably should do. I keep thinking I should do um, a sort of a smaller, like a the whole range, but shrunk slightly for Dungeons and Dragons players. Because yeah. another thing about the scenery, I probably should say, because it always gets this comment, especially when people first get their box and they'll get in touch with me, is nobody expects it to be quite as big as it is. <laughs> and yeah, but this was this was again as an Age of Sigmar kind of thing, with that that sense of moving from twenty eight millimeter to that kind of thirty two millimeter kind yeah. of e- epic scale. And the other thing about scenery that always kind of bothered me in the past was. It was always too small, you know. It was like everything was small because the materials, like resin or however it was made, um, you know, for manufacturing purposes, had to be kind of kept to a certain size. And one of the nice things about 3D prints is they're very light, so you can make the models quite large without adding a lot of weight to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so, a big another big part of like doing the whole thing is just bringing a sense of like the proper scale of things to the table. So that, which is, you know, you can definitely see that with the Fallen Empire Dwarven Runes, where we have these large Dwarven pillars that are 34 centimetres, I think, tall, 33 centimetres. Um, but even giant figures like Glockin look the correct size on the table, because the yeah. scenery is, is actually bigger than them, um, which uh, makes me happy. <laughs> I don't know if everybody <laughs> else, I, I really like that, because I think it's kind of 
just just makes the table look more real and more immersive or something yeah well that's the fallen empire isn't it those those huge yeah. huge pillars and things huge so what pillars. else do you do so so you've touched there on the the death side um which what other ranges do you have well we have the uh we have the the wyvern wastes which are twisted basalt pillars really and and uh, forms different spires and pools and hoops and again that's been a really popular range because i think again that just sort of fits into any game system it makes yeah, for an in- interesting it, and unusual looking table it often gets um whenever i've seen it painted um online and things it's often done very metallic isn't it yeah um and it's uh it's it's sort of like that that iridescent sort of uh finish that everybody seems to be able to capture except for me uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's a paint for that now, isn't there? Like there's, there's several ranges, but I don't know. I haven't tried those yet. Yeah, there is. I know Green Stuff World do one, which is their um, color shift paint. That's that's really good. I I did use a bit of that uh, in the past, but for the scale of doing a whole tabletop, uh, I don't I don't know how much of it you'd need. <laughs> but yeah, so you've got the the Wyvern Waste, then the um, you've got the the Fallen Kingdom, which is the the epic scale dwarven stuff, and you've got the Death um, stuff. Um, what else have we got? Savage Realm. Yes. Um, it's the it's it's got the sort of ribs that protrude out of the ground. It's got a skull hill, skull tor we call it. It's got like large fangs, giant fangs that have been carved into totems, and it's it's essentially for creating that kind of wilderness, bestial realm of beasts type settings. And um, it's got my favourite um, realm gate. I mean, each of the ranges has got something. Pretty much most of them have got something that could act as a realm gate yeah. um, or, or, or another uh, another piece of scenery in, in any game, of course. But the yeah, beast one. Any form of magical gateway. <laughs> yes, any kind of portal. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, the, I mean, the, the realm of beasts one, um, the, oh, it's, yeah. it, the Savage Lands one is, is particularly good for me. Yeah, thanks. No, that's, 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 I made that one for the guys at Raw. Oh, all right. They were they had a their thing so the realms that were narrative events um they're always crazy <laughs> what these stuff they do so they they commissioned that as a scenery piece on the first day and then on the second day when the players came back in in the morning it transformed into a god beast oh, and so wow. it was actually the mouth like the, it, those were the teeth uh-huh. of the god beast that had made a full size god beast that you could it took up a whole table really that you could fight over. <laughs> like wow uh, pretty good. Yeah, i think so they've got four of them in orkney alone um, excellent between excellent. us so there you go how appropriate yeah. <laughs> stones is a place to have them um and then there's some more recent stuff that we brought out the chaos blade fortress which just be- just after christmas yeah so we're going to do and that ties in with the chaos range and i'm planning and expanding that into a full fortress setup oh, okay. with walls and gateways and all that kind of stuff walkways between them and then there's the firebase uh, uh, scenery which is uh, just is our science fiction range yeah. though like mass concrete stuff isn't it so mass it's... concrete stuff and walkways uh, and that, that's a system that you can either play it flat and play kind of necromunda type zone mortalis games if you want to but we also it what I came up with is a way of adding roofs to it and stairs, and so you can stack it all and then join it all together to form full-size buildings and kind of 
walkways and stuff. And actually, from an Age of Sigma point of view, there are a few people who've bought it and used it to do mixing, mixed bits of that with bits from the Fallen Empire set for Kradron okay. Overlords um, setups. Uh, nice. So, it's a little no. bit going. I've been looking at it. We've been looking at it up here because we're just all building Legion armies at the moment. Oh, right, so. yes. So, so we have quite a... I have to say, yeah. I think myself, I absolutely love Legion. And uh, and actually, that's another thing. I mean, almost all of the scenery, I'd say all of it, in fact, but almost all of it definitely has been led by me making something I wanted for yeah. the table, you know, at first. Uh, so rather than it being kind of, I'm just sitting here sort of drumming my fingers trying to think of what, what would be the next big thing, uh, it's really been very much kind of like, what would I like to have, you know, mm. to play a game with? So. so what what would you like to have next then, Gary? <laughs> uh, Liam wants to know what 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 things next. So I mean, if it is loosely loosely based on the types of realms you could get in an Age of Sigma type game, or if it was based on a certain theme, um, what 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 is there a sneak peek of what might be on the horizon? Um, I, that's kind of I don't know. I, I have so many ideas. It's actually as I was saying before, the thing is the the way my time's been divided has been shifting but it is now the majority of the, my time is now spent doing this rather than doing doing the animation um, which opens up lots and lots of possibilities so uh, you know to, to kind of fill in the gaps with the existing ranges and maybe expand into some new ones um, but I definitely I definitely need a replacement for um, <laughs> well, that uh, the space lizards armies piece of scenery uh, <laughs> yes, just yes. I, I will need i i'm not hmm. aztec ziggurat some kind not, of an aztec I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of the, the one they've they've done so i uh and, and that's actually the kind of thing i end up having to kind of like kind of it leads up from things like that i'm going well i want a thing that'll fit into this this gap and things so so uh, well i i remember you did some diseased trees at one point in the past that had a, a similar template to other diseased trees that may be available <laughs> Yeah. And and they were uh they were really nice and I really Thank liked them. Yeah, yeah, no, the trees um, it's yeah, the, the trees the trees did come out first, but they're based did did, yeah. did adapt slightly. Yeah, uh, your, your did, trees did come yeah, first. On the gateway front, uh, yeah. So it's basically this. We have this. Uh, I did this um, gateway for called the Thuban Gate, which uh, had a Aztec kind of high tech. Oh, I remember that one. Was that another one for Raw or for Steve for somebody? It was, from, it, was just, it was it was Steve and I came up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve, uh, Steve is a massive uh, Seraphon fan. I mean, he plays plays everything really, but yeah, we're really into our Seraphon. Um, so so we came up with that. So I think I think we'll be seeing an expansion of the Thuban Empires um, mm-hmm. uh, style uh, because we like it, and also Wave Three of the Fallen Empire is definitely coming soon um, there's quite a lot of extra models to really let you you know really build a full table of in that style and theme across nice. the thing and i'd say yeah the, the other thing i really want to get 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 on the printers and into the store is the is the rest of the chaos fortress yeah. stuff um particularly i quite like the rules and the recent ever chosen book uh, mm-hmm. the campaign book uh for for doing uh, sieges and battles with, you know, towers and things yeah. on the table. So, yeah, no, kind of expand those sort of things. But there's literally so many things I want to do oh. all at once. <laughs> I don't really know. I'm not sure which one I'll do. That's a problem. So I don't know which one will be the first one that will come out. But soon. I mean, 
I think it's worth mentioning as well before we move on from scenery. Um, we were talking earlier about the modular nature of, um, I don't know, about the fireplace set or and about the temples and things. But one of the things that really took me um, when we were set when I was setting up the tables for our narrative event is um, how modular that fallen empire stuff can be. I mean, you've got little magnets in there, so it, it it snaps into place beautifully, and you can just you can build things uh, again as as vast and sprawling or as tight and high as you want. Um, you can make you know uh, different sets of different sizes of stairways because the stairs snap together. You can have intricate walkways and. Um, I mean, for for games like Warcry, um, as well as an alternative, like uh, bringing yeah. it down to that scale, that's just amazing. So, yeah. so much opportunity. I really like Warcry. I, yeah. I like like playing it a lot. Um, kind of, and uh, that's and that's obviously, and it really it really likes you to be using scenery, and the scenery really tells a story um, when you have it on 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 the table. So certainly, the the Fallen Empire walkways were very, you know, that was you know a war cry thing um in a mm-hmm. lot of ways because because we were playing it a lot and i'd been experimenting with that that approach last year but i hadn't quite worked out how what the set would be um and it is harder to design stuff when you're trying to make them all fit together like yeah. i discovered with uh, with uh, up until i did the firebase scenery i'd be like ah oh, this is fine <laughs> <laughs> it's very relaxing. It's not, it's not really, you know, you can make a thing, make a model, and put on, oh, this is all great. Uh, but that's all fine when it's just standalone fantasy mushrooms or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but once you get into something where everything has to kind of snap, snap together and and then interconnect, and, they, and then when you start playing with it and realizing that, oh, you really want to fit this bit into that bit, oh, I, I want to, uh, and then and then you start having to go, all right, I better think about this and. Mm-hmm. You know, and plan it all out. So, um, trying to do a bit more of that. But the magnets, yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, using magnets rather than kind of hooks or yeah. It's just it's just more pleasant, isn't it? It's just you know. It is, and you talked earlier about the weight of the of the product being so advantageous, and and when you're talking about using strong magnets like that. Um, and and the sort of technology that's used for uh for miniatures nowadays. I mean, we had magnet held up high staircases with with uh, a chain of about 30 trogs walking along it and you know I, they, I saw that yeah they, they can hold the weight of, of a good size model um and you know it's 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 really functional so it's not just there to look to look the part you can also put everything on it comfortably and the little yeah. colors the way that they built acts as great sort of a I don't know supports for longer walkways and things and you know you can put your stuff on it without fear of it all no all definitely apart, yeah yeah great. it's it's very it was if we did we did test it as much as we could to try and make sure it'd been that you're always worried that people will think of a way of breaking it you know so um but yeah yeah and also with the firebase thing i was really pleased with managing to design the steps so that the bases could slot into them yeah so it depends unless you've gone totally crazy with your basing you know if you've mm-hmm. got some like mad stuff going on, like it won't fit in but if you've just got a normal sized base with some gravel or whatever it should all slot together and then you have especially with like things like war cry it's really nice to be able to kind of go well these are actually there they're on the yeah. stairs they're fighting each other this other guy's come in to help and that's where he is rather mm-hmm. than putting everything down on the floor on the ground and saying well they're they're kind of meant to be up here but actually we're gonna, yeah all that sort of stuff so we're trying to i try and make sure that again that, that as much as possible the models can actually be where they actually are rather than 
sliding off things or falling off things or all that kind of stuff so that's one of the good things about you actually obviously are a gamer and you're making things that you want to make which is why they work well hopefully that's why they're so good i mean i I also think the good thing is at least then i'll be happy (laughs) if nobody buys a model well i made it for myself in the first place and if nobody else wants one that's fine (laughs) your boys must be be so happy as well because they get all these new toys to play with Oh, you know what they're like. They just get really blasé about it. Now. Well, <laughs> they, they think it's normal. They think, oh yeah, that's how everybody plays Warhammer, isn't it? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so okay then. So let let's just take a step to the side here. Then, how did you end up designing weapons and trophies, Gary? Oh. Because oh. now I, I was I was it's looking like... at I was making some notes earlier, and I went into my um my my games room and. And I'm not boasting here because I'm no good player. But I was looking at the trophies that I have that you've made. And I've got my favorite one is um, one that I got from Frost Lords, which is like in the skull of a creature that could or could not be a, a, a stone skeleton mammoth. Of yeah, some yeah, yeah, some sort of ossified so... uh, bone and, and rock based. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. yeah, that's yeah. my favorite. So I've got that. I've got a trophy that's like a shield that came from Bobo that was for a, a best in faction thing. I've oh, got yeah. a ham- I've got a hammer from Carnage which was um like a warhammer. Um yeah. I've got a medal from Hammer of the North. Um and they're all really different. Um and you even supply our Northern Invasion best sports trophies which which is one of my favorites as well which is ba- which is our logo basically. Yeah, that turns so, out nice. So, yeah. so I mean how did you end up branching out into this? Well, like like many things in life, it's probably John Harper's fault, you know. So <laughs> I think <laughs> certainly one of the main people. It was John and uh, Gary Hennessy uh, down south. Uh, Gary does the Age of Sigbra um, podcast. I think pretty much at the same time, they both said to me, "Oh, you know your your statue. I think it was a death statue. You know the statue. You could have that as a trophy, couldn't we?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be good." So I designed a little base for it. And um, we did those things, and they were popular, and it just really snowballed from there. Um, I keep thinking I should stop because it takes up so much time, but it's too much fun, and uh, and it's obviously good. You know, it's really nice. You know, people all over the world use them now. So it's some crazy weekends for yeah, me looking at Twitter. It's like Japan and Australia and America, like all these people showing up, you know, holding up these little cups and things that we've made, um, which is really nice. Um, do you know? Do you know one one thing I think you should do uh, is is some marketing. So get some really really annoying stickers like the ones that you get in a shop like TK Maxx where thieves try and peel off the prices, and get just your website printed on it and stick it on the bottom of them all. Think about yes. how, how how widespread and everybody you think oh this is a great trophy and then they just look underneath <laughs> and, and go, go oh yeah yeah good to think yeah I think that may have yeah that's definitely what this computer does yeah definitely need to need to think about that because they're uh, they're amazing and and not just the trophies but some of the weapons I mean can you talk us through some of the things you've made because I've I, I, some of it beggars belief. Yeah, so yeah, this is another thing that came up now. I, again, I'm trying to work out if this was John's. Probably John. I'm sure it would have been John. <laughs> the first person to say, could you make that life-size? I think about the hammer, actually. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I suppose I could. Because, again, the great thing about 3D printers, we've got, we've got some really big ones as well here. Well, I've got one that the print area is uh, 50 centimetres squared, so it's like half a metre. So you can make really quite big things on it. Um, so 
so yeah, so we, so we made the Warhammer, and then we made the Mace, and then we made the Thunderhammer <clears throat> as full-size models. Uh, and then I started making original, you know, like other designs. I did a spear. So Bobo down south, they were really the, keen on The Ratman spear, wasn't it? Yeah, well, they, yeah, <laughs> they, 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 yeah they, that, the, the Ratman spear, definitely. And there was also a sort of um, elven trident, yeah. You know, yeah, which I was quite pleased with. Um, and a bunch of other things. I mean, just what else have we made recently? Chaos swords. Mm-hmm. Did a couple of chaos swords this year. Some wolf-headed um, daggers. Did you not? Wolf-headed stuff. All oh, lots of wolf-themed yeah. stuff. So Mike's uh, howling. Um, yeah. Hammers and daggers and short swords and other other swords. Um, uh, yeah. No, just really anything at all. It's, it, they're, they're really good fun and uh, the real sin about all of this stuff too is i haven't won any of these things ever so i have oh. none of them in my studio and they occasionally come through and every time the, the weapons i really like and occasionally you know, like, like there's one i did last year which i wanted and I had one of those for the studio and i've literally printed it twice and both times somebody's got in touch <laughs> said can we buy that and, oh yes you can i've got one <laughs> like fine i'll send it to you oh. so and they're quite good because you can ship them right even though they're quite big so they're they're, they're printed but we i put um usually a broom handle or a wooden dial depends on the the thing but through the center of it and it's glued into that Mm -hmm. so we've sent them all over the world again to different events just the parts and people can then just buy the the right size of wooden dowel wherever they are and slide them onto it and glue them together and 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 then they're ready to go so yeah so so uh liam did again um he, he wanted to be on but he has to work during the days and not all of them people can can get onto skype on their designated lunch hour like us but, um <laughs> is there a he wants to know if there's one piece of product that you're particularly proud of either across your trophies your weapons or your scenery range which which is the one that you look at and puts a smile on your face um oh god i don't know that's a really hard question um I really like the death statue we did. Yeah, the big yeah. one. Yeah, it's I probably so like that most. Even I, I did the designs and drew it all and stuff like that. But actually, that's the one thing in the range. A friend of mine, Pat, who's uh, an amazing sculptor, actually works in down down in London on, on films and you know does all that kind of stuff. Um, he uh, he was at a loose end, so I got him to build that. So I probably like that most because I didn't have to actually make it myself. Um, mm. But it, it's, it's pretty good. Another thing I'm quite pleased with was was the Wyvern Waste Strange because it's quite a simple idea, but it's it's nice when you come up with something that's just like a literally a twist you know, on something yeah. else. Because like the whole basil, you know, like oh yeah, it's fine, but, but by bending, by twisting them into those shapes, it seemed to kind of create something that was quite unusual. And, yeah. And it photographs really well, so it's really nice to put it into things. But as a creative person, I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those creative people who really hates talking about their own work and uh, and never has favourites. Goes no no I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the reason why I'm not terribly good at marketing because I was like got that like mm, not not really good. But Dark Fantastic Mills is a bit of an alter ego, so I think I can yeah. let it well, do its own thing. Well, maybe when when the eldest of the boys, if he's on some kind of a needs a summer job or something uh you can start giving him some commission to do marketing or something and uh and really get somebody out there pushing stuff oh we're gonna do stuff yeah i mean definitely i think this year is um 
Yeah, it's off to a weird start for everybody as a year, it has to be said. But uh, yeah. it, is, it is one where we've, we've definitely passed a certain tipping point, I think, with with the company and with what we're doing with it, um, that uh, like the, the the number of ranges and the amount of products and yeah, everything else. It just feels like it's going to be a lot of fun to to make new to make new stuff and to promote it a bit more and just see where that takes us. Really, because I mean, you do things like uh, movement trays um, that that work and they're really good and they're they're lighter and they're a lot more robust than the MDF ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. You do things like, well, you made those objective markers for a northern invasion a, a couple of years ago, and and I had to, I don't know how many you made, I think it was about 600. You had um, to make a lot, and, yeah, and, you had to and pay I, more. I paid more. <laughs> that, that, that was, that was yes. a, yeah, that was a feat that I'm never going to repeat, I don't think. But yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that sort of thing. I mean, have you ever thought about doing something like, because do you have a resin print? I remember you saying you were going to get one. Have you I do ever have about... one. I do have one. It's really annoying. Um, <laughs> it's, so, yeah, I found it really annoying. And then I went to Tabletop Scotland last year um, and sat you know, for two days. And lots of people came up and talked. And it, was, it was a lovely experience. It was really good fun. Um, what was, one of the things that, that did happen a lot was a lot of people came up and talked to me who had 3D printers and wanted to like chat about what we did and all the rest of it. And a couple of the guys who did used resin printers and they and I said to both of them I was like I've got a resin printer but I just can't get my head around it's like seems so much work and they were like yes they do you basically have to clean them all the time they're yeah. really messy the great thing about the FDM printers is they go wrong all the time so you'd be you know I'll say to people if you want to buy one you know go for it but be aware that it will break mm-hmm. um, sometimes sooner rather than later so if you're if you like the idea of tinkering and trying to fix things they're great fun. If you really hate that idea, you probably yeah. shouldn't get one. Or yeah. or at least if you do get one, be prepared for the fact it's gonna not, you know, not so keep going. But the resin printers um, are are good, are really good, but they do require, it, it'd have to be a full-time job if I was yeah. to do resin printing. But, but we will do more resin printing when we get to yeah. that point. Yeah. So I was thinking about things like scenic bases or whatever, things like that. But again, if it's too much, if, if it can't be done at a scale or a, a, a volume that's commercial, it's probably a bad time time I th- investment I think, no I, th- I think it's i think it's getting there um and actually one of the chinese companies just brought out um a large format resin printer because the other thing about the resin printers up until now um they're quite small like they've got a very small like the bath that, that, that you put the resin into it's about the size of a of a large mobile phone okay because in fact that's actually how they in some ways that's how it works because essentially what it has is a an lcd screen which is just a black and white one which exposes the resin to light by you know just doing a black and white it's a photolithography process so um so that's really limited as a technology and somebody's just brought you one that's actually got quite a large i think it's like a4 size nearly okay. which means you could print a lot of things at once which would make doing something like that possible but we are i i've just I've I've done um, the Wyvern Wastes range as a basing range for oh, right. for Jimbo and Dan AOS Shorts over the last mm-hmm. month or two. I saw that, yeah, I saw yeah. that for, uh, for so Dan's stuff on Twitter. That would have actually been getting launched today as a product if okay. my week hadn't been quite as random as it's proved to be. <laughs> so, 
so <laughs> hopefully next week um, we'll put that up there. And and they work really well um, because they, they print really nicely on the FDM printers. So and I, and I actually used those. I started a Caradron Overlords army when they came out. Very excited. Uh, didn't finish it because <laughs> I didn't get around <laughs> to it. Uh, and they were all based like that as well. So that's something that I'm quite looking forward to over the next few weeks is actually finishing off a lot of the projects I started because I need them for photography purposes. Uh, and yeah, getting some of those things going. But yeah, no, I mean, the main thrust of the business of the company is the scenery though. We love, we, the scenery yeah. is what, uh, what, what, what we really love and what I want to do, do more of. Um, so that's, yeah. that's probably most of would be good to add some new trophies though and there are there are plans for that so hopefully over oh, and again but that mind you this year with so many events um i think maybe the back end of the year is probably when to bring out more trophies mm. you need to you need to venture into crowns i think or or specifically a tiara because uh well uh, yeah, you know in Orkney we we compete for a tiara we have the Orkney tiara, which it, it, it's actually an abstract concept. It, it doesn't exist physically. Right. Um, but uh, Spad, Eric and Shane are, are constantly trying to take it off me. And, and whoever finished highest at a given tournament, whoever's placed highest, yeah. uh, dons the tiara. Um, it's Good. not real, but, you know, if there was one, it would be real. Um, <laughs> but there one, you go, you see. If, if you well, did... well you, you, it, weirdly <laughs> enough, we do have a crown. <laughs> it's not on the website yet, but we uh, do have well. So, um, so we've, we've been doing a crown for the last couple of years for the there's a ninth age tournament that just in fact just happened last week, um, the uh, up uh, up here in Stirling, um, and we've done a crown for them. I think that crown's been to a couple of other events, mm-hmm. and for no apparent reason that I can think of, I've never put it on the website. So maybe I should. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it's probably a bit too robust for us because because we're all, we we only want a tiara. We're not getting above our station. Oh no, um, no, no. I think I think I think you'll like it. I think it's definitely got um, it's definitely got a, a king in the north kind of vibe about it. Um, and actually, I just remember the reason why I hadn't really had a website was partly because I didn't have enough large because you have to print it on one of the bigger printers uh-huh. because you know head sized, yeah. and I didn't have enough printers to really kind of add it to the list of things but i've recently acquired quite a few so it would be okay. easy to stick on there yeah so i thought, I thought actually that's another thing you'll all be seeing a lot more big scenery because we have more big printers now so yeah, good stuff well i'll have a, a here's a shout out to the the people in orkney so so if people do want to to make the the crown manifest and we'll, <laughs> we'll have the orkney tiara in physically we can have a bit of a whip round and uh and yeah we'll, yeah We'll, we'll commission one. Uh, okay, so I suppose uh, beyond there then, so so looking ahead with the game and the law, is this something that you'd love to see or are you specifically looking forward to? Oh, uh, just really a new Nurgle Back book? Back into the game, yeah. yeah. Yes, please, eventually, just, just a new Nurgle book. Though I'd be happy to wait for it. They could also combine it with some new models, um, but I would take a new book as well. Uh, but in the meantime... Well. Mm. did pretty well in the end times really didn't they yeah well, that, did. that is that it is about did. five years since the can't complain really no um no it's hoping it's all great isn't it i mean i think we all get so much great stuff every week from gw it's just 
just a joy really like everything that, that comes out is so like the new seraphon look brilliant and i'll definitely be playing those um because i've got got the army um and uh yeah no it's 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 all good but i can't yeah I'm not i've never been i'm looking forward to fighting the elves yeah i'm, I'm not that's that's a long-standing you know uh they've been my arch enemies since since forever so well, uh I, th- I think you need to you need to change up an army that has guns then because i don't think you want to be fighting the elves in hand-to-hand combat no i don't because think... I, I imagine they're going to be pretty uh pretty fast <laughs> no 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 i actually the the, the, the the one hobby project i definitely want to get back to is the ko and yeah. and get that get that get this on the table i, I absolutely love the models and I, I did like the new book very much um it seems like it's quite a fun and interesting army to play to some extent now with the um yeah with having your sort of um uh, your your ether token ether token ether gold tokens to ch- you know, trade in and all that kind of stuff um so yeah definitely want to try that out yeah they're definitely uh they're definitely a, a different type of army the more fun <laughs> Uh, they're a challenge to play against. And there might um, also be some chaos themed, not so much, well, yeah, scenery. Because I think mm-hmm. one of the was well, the, the model that I haven't yet released that people probably who've seen it also ask about are the, it's the floating refinery models. Oh, okay. So and they're quite so that's so I'm trying to kind of dovetail the two things together. So maybe maybe that's something in the next month or two. Oh, nice. Well. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. So, so for those people, we need you to speak slowly now, and then we will put this into the show notes as well. Um, but people who want to have a look at your products and your website and to to submit orders to you, where do they go looking? What's the address? Well, I would just type in Dark Fantastic Mills into Google and then follow from there. Um, we have, I wouldn't give you, I'd give you the, the address, uh, but it will be changing very soon because we're moving oh, okay. to a proper server. Uh, we were hosted with um, Adobe because I had the hosting with them, um, but uh, they're discontinuing soon. And as a result, we've got quite an unusual web address, which people might have noticed. Like, why is, why is it called that? Uh, so that it's, uh, because that was the only way to keep it secure. Um, okay, so, so the best so way it, is it to... should be darkfantasticmills.com, but okay. actually I would type in Dark Fantastic Mills. One of the great things about the name, and I have to thank my wife for coming up with it, is that it's completely unique. So mm-hmm. when you type in Dark Fantastic Mills, you just see us, even yeah. though I've done really the, another part of the whole taking up another level is to really sort out the all the web stuff um, properly. But in the meantime, that's that's the best way of finding us and then on twitter we're dark underscore fantastic and on instagram so again dark fantastic mills mm-hmm. well no and i suggest everybody follows and puts yes, in please orders. Do. yeah um, no yeah please follow us particularly on twitter because as you know we do a prize draw every yeah. so often um and so get involved i mean yeah, the chances of winning are more now than they used to be but it's yeah but somebody from Orkney won it once. So yes, yes. Uh, the 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 big mushrooms made the way up here, if I remember right. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, no. Again, they've gone all over the place. I mean, it's just it's just great fun. It's it's yeah. so nice that people um, from all over the place have, have taken an interest in what we're up to. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be cheeky now. 
um, <laughs> unannounced. But I suppose I'd be doing our loyal listeners a disservice if I didn't ask. Especially because folk need projects while they're self-isolating at the moment. And over the coming months, people need as much as they can to, to be working on in terms of hobby. So is there any chance of a Northern Invasion discount code so folk can snap up some of your awesome terrain over the next few weeks? Oh, that's an absolutely brilliant idea. Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. Let's do that. So what, what will people have to type in? Uh, I will I will write it down. <laughs> I will write it down so that I don't forget it when I go to the website to do it. Uh, just, just let's go with Northern Invasion 2020. Sounds, sounds good to me. Thank you very much. And um, if people, people do that, then why don't you just go and put it, fill your basket up now then type it in and then you'll see how much the discount is so that'll get you get your appetite get your juices flowing so go on there and try it out it will be generous oh see, to, see. but and it, yeah it's uh, yeah yeah please do please do i think yeah. like like all the i mean we were planning on doing as many trade shows and stuff as we could this year but that's obviously not going to happen no. <laughs> so <laughs> so no. like everybody else i think we're very reliant on people at home Doing, yeah. a bit home, doing a bit of home shopping. Well, um, that's it. And those people now are saving so much money, not going on holiday, not going to gigs, not oh, going to this, that, and the other. It's going to change the whole economy. I think people haven't really realised this. It's like, yeah. like but, but, yeah, as you say, you're saving so so much money, and and we've all got, um, you know, the hobby cupboard of yeah. shame. I yeah. don't have a cupboard of shame. I've got a shed. I've got a small shop and I've got about <laughs> half a studio of shame. Well, there you so go. much stuff. Uh, it would take so several lifetimes to get through it all. So well, there um, you go. So so the good thing is um, you don't need to be you don't need to be ill. All you have to do is tell people <laughs> that you're feeling a bit peaky and you get two weeks in your house to <laughs> to get to like model. So you can you can make a phenomenal gaming table in that amount of time. So I would yeah, suggest yeah, you, you go and yeah, have a look. Can. And again, I should want to say, I mean, but the, but the sales pitch for the models, not only are they light and all the rest of it, the great thing about them is you don't have to make them. No. Um, the joy of 3D printing is it prints it all for it, prints it ready to go. I think our most complicated kit has three parts, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Um, and the vast majority of the stuff we sell, it, that's it. You just, and you can just paint directly onto it. You don't even need to prime it. The plastic is very um, accommodating of paint. Yeah. So. It's uh, and I think that's one of the things about scenery. It's like we all spend so much time building our armies, and yeah. as we all know from if you've had to build a scenery kit, particularly an MDF one, like oh. life life is literally too short. Nobody yes. needs nobody needs that. No. So, no. So. I, if I've got hobby time, I I want to be spending it um yeah. on on an army. So yeah. Um, the, our the, new the, website, the, if the we, least yeah. I have to do, the better. Uh, our new website, if and when we actually get around to it, well, it's, it's mostly done. We just need to finish it off and make it live. But we will have uh, painting guides as well because people are always asking how we. And it's a very simple process I use, or, or my wife or my kids, whoever's doing the painting. <laughs> the, the process we use to paint, to paint them is actually very straightforward, but does give nice results for, for scenery, which I think is the main thing, really, because the scenery is your background, isn't it? It's, your, it's the backdrop yeah. to the film that you're you know the game is so it, and the, uh, the thing is you might change your army every year and whatnot but yeah uh, and it might become defunct or have the models replaced but if you've got some good scenery that'll last that'll last a generation on your table yeah you know, no, it'll, it'll keep going forever really yeah so it's a, yeah. It's a great i say it's a, it's a great investment uh yeah. it never goes out of date scenery um and you can use it in so many different uh games and whatnot so so get some 
<laughs> yes, yes, please do. Thank you. <laughs> so, so here you go. Finally, uh, and some say most. Well, some people might say most importantly, uh, we need an outro song, and you've got to pick it. So no pressure. Oh man, <laughs> you totally. That is total pressure. What the hell? Yeah. Well, that's it. It's, it's a. We're all going to see into your mind, your psyche, and your soul now, and learn about you. What we're going to have. What is it? Just like my favourite song, basically. Is this well, whatever, whatever you want. Go on. You, no, you it's it's not it. themed, but let's go with Debaser by Pixies. Why not? Sounds good. Sounds good. And, you know, uh, this is one thing I'm a little concerned about. I'm supposed to be going and seeing the Pixies in uh, a few months down oh. at Hyde Park um, with Pearl Jam. And now I have fears that uh, I'm not going to get to. It's but... OK. It's OK. Britain's decided just to just to. We're just going to ride go it with it. We're just going to ride it out. <laughs> Who knows what's when this goes out? It could be a disaster. We're not making oh, light of it. But as of Friday no. the 13th, good day, oh, uh, Britain appears to have decided just to just to roll with it, and yeah. we're good. So let's just see how that plays out. I would encourage everybody, on a serious note, I would encourage people to you know to do the thing they feel right about. I do worry about our venues and about yeah. our small events, which I know the community really relies on. So hopefully people we'll be able to carry on doing those things uh, throughout the year, but we'll just have to see what happens, I suppose. I mean, I think one of the things in, in Scotland um, is that even if there's going to be gathering uh, limits, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to really impact on our, uh, our scene. And so long as people are sensible and, you know, yeah. I, I, one of the most, I mean, here we are getting all, all serious, but one of the, the most interesting things I've heard of the last few days is when you're going about things, don't think about what am I going to do to not catch something here. You have to change your behavior. So you think I've got this and how am I not going to spread it? Even if you haven't, and then you're more likely to keep yourself healthy and other people. So if you go into gaming events and things, just, yeah, wash your hands. Uh, don't use each other's dice, yeah. which, which is great for me anyway, because I hate people touching my dice. Oh, but, I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think that's a good thing. It's like we've already, especially in Scotland, we're already good at avoiding contact with other people. You know, we, yeah. <laughs> most Scottish people have a, a, a two foot exclusion zone around them all times anyway. It's like, you're not going like, to just, just keep your distance, mate. Right. And, uh, you know, you're not allowed to touch people's models or other dice. That's just not no. just, just etiquette. So, you that's know. It. That's if you just it. kind of add to that the general uh, a little bit more of, of uh, you know, just keep slightly more distance. Then yeah. Should be also, we've all got the cold all the time up here, so I really yeah. don't know how. I mean, most of the time, I'll probably even notice it. No, a lot of people will probably just get it and it'll go. But obviously, yeah. uh, people have to be yeah. careful. And they do. They do. Uh, so, so think about everyone, and you know, the mo- the most we can get at a tournament's fifty. I can't see that gatherings of fifty are going to get banned anytime soon. So support your local gaming stores and. And uh, just just wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Gary. And uh, well, thanks, I'll hope to see thanks you again you. soon. Yeah. See you soon. Uh, thanks for making our tables better places. Uh, no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.